Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Everybody, welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co-host Dale Lolly, who rejoins the show after uh, got a little bit of a break there, Dale. That didn't get, didn't have to cover a game on Sunday. How 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 you feeling after your kind of bye week that wasn't actually a bye week because you worked all week? Yeah, I wrote two stories yesterday, so that was really uh, not much of a day off. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But Dale. Uh, the right now we got a situation in the NFL. I believe you have somewhere around 12 or 13 t- Titans players that have tested positive now. They, they, they had their first day of no new positive tests on Monday. Um, and that coincides with Roger Goodell rele- you know, issuing a memo to all NFL teams saying, hey, we're, we're, you know, this, is, this is the process that's going to happen if, you can, if someone continues to violate the COVID-19 protocols naming – Fines, which we've already seen with John Gruden, draft picks if it gets worse, and then eventually the forfeiture of NFL games, which nobody wants. But it's apparent that that that's been that's the first time that the NFL has made that a public warning that that could happen. Yeah, it, it's on the table, and obviously that's the uh, that's the nuclear option for the NFL. They've never had a forfeit in their 101 year existence. Um, it's just not not happening. It's not going to happen. They'll find ways to play these games um, because really, as it's written into the the CBA that they agreed to and the NFLPA agreed to, the players only get paid for games that they play. Right. So if you don't play a game, yeah, you could take the forfeit, but you're not getting paid for that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, players don't want that either. They want to play these games. Uh, they'll get the games in. The the I, I can't imagine that a team gets to the point where it has to forfeit a game when they would have to be fined probably more than once before they get to that point. And then you would also, you would then lose draft picks, um, you know, before that happens. And then the forfeit is like the third option that Goodell mentioned. So they don't want for forfeits are the last thing that the league wants. Um, they don't, you know, it's not something that you even, I don't, I don't know what a forfeit counts as in the NFL. Is it is it one nothing? Is it two nothing? Seven nothing? Twenty eight nothing? I have no idea. And you know, you didn't lay that out for everybody before the season. You certainly can't come in now and say, "Hey, uh, by the way, a forfeit's going to be fifty to nothing," or the the average score of a game this year. Uh, so you know, in, in this year, it'd be thirty eight to twenty eight or something like that. You know, uh, so there's it, it, just so many things involved there, and that's important because one of the NFL tiebreakers is point differential. Yep. And it's it's in on top top of that. If you're talking about forfeited games, and you know you're talking about major AFC opponents or similar opponents, you know, say a team that you know two teams are fighting for the playoffs, and you know common opponents, you know records are are in play. And you had to play against, you know, say the Chiefs 
you know, are, are your opponent. For some reason, the Chiefs had to forfeit a game later in the season, but you got walloped by, by you get walloped by them early in the season. That that works against you for the Chiefs messing up. It's 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 kind of it's kind it's just so many variables that I think the NFL doesn't want to have to get to. And I think this was this memo was just a, a way of saying, hey guys, wake the heck up. The, you know, and this was a scary weekend. You had the Steelers and Titans game postponed to a whole other week. You had the Chiefs and Texans, or the Chiefs and Patriots game postponed to, to Monday night football. Then you had the, the Saints game, which everyone started to freak out over one positive test, but then that was proved to be a false positive after a few further testing. So the NFL was probably just seeing like, okay, we're seeing this happening. This got to stop right now. Right. Guys have to be diligent with this stuff. You can't be uh, taking chances with this. Um, you know, you, you, you have to – you know, adhere by the rules if you want to continue to get paid, and, and guys do. I mean, it, again, the NFL players get paid per game played. They don't get paid. They don't get the, just a hey, your guaranteed contract. Here's your money. Most guys are working week to week, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, you better be on your P's and Q's and make sure uh, and be doing what you're supposed to be doing because if not, uh, you could cost yourself paychecks. You could cost yourself paychecks. I mean, and- and like you said, it's vigilance. It's vigilance. You got you to be able to come out and, and, and make sure you have this approach that you're taking, taking care of every single thing that could put you in the line of fire for COVID-19 and it potentially expose you or your family. Ben Roethlisberger talked about it last week. He said, you know what? His kids have been getting homeschooled so that they're not going to school, getting it from other kids, and then bringing it into the house. Make, make sure that you have a bubble for your family and so that when you when you're showing up to the workstation you're not infecting the Steelers bubble and that was that's the huge challenge of what the NFL is trying to do and what the MLB is in the in the playoffs trying to finish doing uh, of not having one giant bubble that everyone fits into for a playoff run and just having everyone in their own spaces work this out amongst themselves and to do that the NFL does have to remind people like, it looks like hey there still there are legit punishments that that are coming get your act together or we'll have to use them because we are not trying to lose the season because of y'all. Yeah. And there's been some, you know, some incidents like the Raiders, some Raiders players got fined for going to an event and being filmed with, you know, without masks on those kind of things. It, it, it was a bad look uh, all around last week. And that's the one thing that the, I think that's why Goodell put out the statement that he did like, Hey, we need to take this very, very seriously just because we've made it this far in and, you know, the, and everything's gone. Okay. Doesn't mean that's going to be the case moving forward. Last thing before we move off the topic, Dale. I mean, one thing I think that should be is worthy of note here for Steelers fans: the Steelers aren't one of those teams right now that that have that are in jeopardy because they seem to be doing what's right. What is just your thoughts on you? You've been at practice, you've been at games. What's your thoughts on just how they've handled the process and dealt with it and kept their players and staff safe? That's made them so successful. Well, I mean, luck. To be quite frank, I mean, it, it only takes one person. Um, you know, doing the wrong thing to 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 make this go south. So, uh, you know, they've had some good fortune. They've been diligent. I'll give them credit where credit is due. Uh, but again, it's a virus. It's not like you can see it uh, floating through the air and say, "Oh, I can just stay away from that." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you can go to the grocery store and get this. Um, you know, I think part of it is also the fact that you know, Western Pennsylvania hasn't been hit quite as hard as as many other areas has with this thing. Uh, so there is there is some good fortune involved in addition to uh, just being diligent. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dale and I got some thoughts on the defense, some actual football talk. Would you believe that on the DK Steelers podcast? All that. All right. 
Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, you wrote a column about the defense for the website, just talking about the stat, the, the state of offenses in the NFL. Wanted to give you a chance to talk about that and us to converse on the show about how offensive heavy the NFL is today and where that has on the standing of the Steelers being a great defense. Yeah, I mean, Chris, if you look at it, and we, we saw it uh, again punctuated this weekend uh, with, with some of these games that were played, um, defense is just a missing ingredient across the league. Uh, there are 10 teams right now averaging 30 or more points per game in the NFL. There are 18 teams averaging 25 or more points per game. The Steelers are one of those. Uh, you know, so they've, they've been slightly above average on offense. Um, you know, but – it, it, the offense around the league has just gone, gone crazy right now uh, because it's, it's nearly impossible to play defense. Uh, pass interference penalties are up slightly. Um, the league isn't calling holding penalties. They're still a full holding penalty below what they were even last year. Mm. And it's, this is the first time uh, I went back to 2010 uh, that there haven't been an average of at least two, pe- two holding penalties per game. They're at 1.6 this year. Uh, the lowest they've been in that 10-year span is at 2.2. Last year was at 2.7. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing holding penalties called less and less, you know, fewer, on fewer occasions during this season. And what that means, you know, a holding penalty on offense is a drive killer. Yep. You get a, you get a holding penalty on a drive, uh, 90% of the time you do not score points on that drive. That's just the way it is because you've just put yourself in first and 20, second and 20, whatever it may be. Uh, so holding penalties are, are typically drive killers, and we're not seeing those drive killers right now. And what we're seeing is more of the pass interference penalties, which for the offense, I mean, that could be a 35-yard play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, yeah, you're going to see more offense here. And, you know, when people talk about this Steelers defense, well, what's wrong with this Steelers defense? The Steelers, I was asked in my live cues, um, you know, what does this Steelers defense need to, be to, need to do to be elite? Hey, folks, it is elite. This is an elite defense in today's NFL. This is what you're going to get, a defense that's going to make, it's going to make big plays. Uh, they stop the run really well. Uh, they hit the opposing quarterback. They take the football away. Yes, they're going to give up some points because that's, the, that's just the, the way of the NFL right now. They're one of only four teams in the league right now giving up less than 20 points per game. And that's insane one to four. think one of four and that's insane to think about considering the history of the NFL and you got some teams that are just giving up obscene amounts of points the Dallas Cowboys Dale have given up 146 points through four games I'm not too good at math but that's close I believe to what 40 points a game that's two touchdowns away from 40 points a game in in, in uh in four in four games um that's that's just that that's a that's obscene to me. Just like and the fact that any defense could give up that much in in this day and age, uh, and the Steelers through three games they've given up fifty eight points. You know that's a that that that's a good clip to be at. Like you said, that's just that's just under you know twenty points a game. Uh, you know, and even as you said, you, you, we've seen several plays where T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, who are two of the best edge rushers in the NFL, they're getting held, and it's and it's clear and obvious, and you can see the jersey get pulled, and sometimes it happens on big plays, sometimes it happens on plays the Steelers still get a sack on. Um, how do how do the Steelers 
have to coach beyond that in today's NFL. Like, you know, it's clear that this thing is going to keep happening. How do they find a way to, to, to keep their game plan going and adjust to knowing that that's just going to happen a lot? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I talked to Bud Dupree today about that, and, and he said that, you know, look, you just bring it to the attention of the officials. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, it's not like you can, you know, force them to throw a flag on this place. You just hope that they start calling those things. Um, you know, the New York Giants in Oakland – Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> have both played four games this season. Neither one of them has had a holding penalty called against them in a game That's all year long. I mean, it's just uh, – you're telling me in, they've played, uh, between the two of them, six, 32 quarters of football, and neither one of them has, has, has held anybody in, those, in that entire span. It's, it just defies logic. Um, you, know, it, you know, Chris, you played on the offensive line. Um, I'm sure you... First of all, anybody will tell you, there's holding every play in the NFL. But then there's still egregious holding where people – you get – and it, it's so simple to, to, to do when you're sitting there. You're, the whole goal is an offensive line. You want to keep your hands inside someone's frame because if you get it outside the frame and then you hold, that's when it gets noticed. But people are still doing that and getting away with it. Like, like you were saying, you know, it's – it's a, it's a big part of the NFL, but it's, there's no way that it's happening this little. And, and I think that ne it needs to be something that's addressed because you're taking away from, you know, as much as people want to see offense for fantasy football and for highlights and stuff, the defense are just as big money makers too. J.J. Watt was a, was a face of the league for years, still is a face of the league. Um, Aaron Donald's a Donald. You want to see more out of these defensive players. They can be the guys that drive the, 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 you know, the people to go see the games more. Yeah, I mean, if you think back, uh, uh, some of the great games in that Ravens Steeler rivalry mm -hmm. uh, were defensive games 13 10, 16 14. Those kind of scores, those were great football games. They don't need to be played 38 35. They don't need to be, what was the Browns score, 51 38 or whatever the, that abomination was. Yeah. Um, that's not, that thought, you know, this is, this is football, not a Big 12 game. No, I think that's a perfect way to put it, which is why when you put air raid at the top of your 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 article on uh, you know on talking about this on DKPittsburghSports.com, I thought that was perfect because you know that's what we're looking at the game becoming, which is sad because you know we laugh at Big Twelve games, we look at Big Twelve games like well that's just the Big Twelve, but if that's the future of the NFL, you're gonna wonder like okay well what's the you know and then then that's gonna what's that gonna em you know, emphasize for people you know kids coming into the game when they're in high school do I want to play defense because what chance am I going to have to be a playmaker there I got to be a wide receiver I want to be a quarterback or I want to be a running back because I'm going to get the advantages he here that I won't get on defense I, I think there needs to be a balancing in the league of this a little bit more and some of it has to start do with the holding penalties you know more a more balanced calling of pass interferences because we've seen that impact the game as well um if the NFL does this, I think they'll be better for it and a lot healthier as far as where they'll be headed as a, as a sport. Because if you let the offense, can, the points just continue to rise up, this is going to – I think it's going to dilute the game. I agree, and I think it has diluted the game. And, and uh, it just made some of these things unwatchable. I can't imagine, um, you know, sitting there and trying to watch Red Zone at this point. And it's just – just flipping every you know, second. There's every another second. score, guys. <laughs> There's another touchdown and a touchdown. There's this touchdown. It's just that's not good for football. I I I have a hard time believing that that that's all fans want. Um, you know, they want to see some defense as well. And to your point, uh, you know, 
would you why ever draft a defensive player in the first round if, if the defense doesn't matter anymore? If 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 you're you're gonna if you're gonna just hold my my top tier edge rusher every play and he's not gonna be able to get home, then I might as well just get an average guy out there who's just gonna stop you from running out wide instead of going after the quarterback. It, it could kill some of the more legendary positions that have generated the biggest highlights, the biggest plays, the biggest names in this league. So interesting to see where that goes. Good article by you, Dale Lolly. Thanks for being on the show as always. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Don't Get Me Started right after this. to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started about people who used to say Julian Edelman is supposed to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I remember this argument. Again, this is Don't Get Me Started. Chris Carter here on the DK Steelers podcast. I remember not too long ago when Julian Edelman would make play here and a play there for Tom Brady. And people would say, oh, yeah, he's going, he's your Hall of Fame wide receiver. And I would just look at them like, are you out of your mind? And the reason I bring this up now is because Julian Edelman could be seen at the end of that Patriots-Chiefs game dropping a wide-open pass into the hands of the defender as he ran for a pick six. And I'm just thinking, like, what what has he done? Other than that one play in the Falcons Super Bowl where he the ball got was a dropped interception just fell into the air and he was just fell on the ground and it fell right into his hands. Like that's that's all you got really. He doesn't have superstar stats and he had the superstar quarterback. He played with Tom Brady, who if you're one of those people that says that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, he's supposed to have superstar stats. Nah, he ain't no Hall of Famer. And I'm, I'm going to compare him right to Heinz Ward as my comparison right here. Because all the time when you hear about Heinz Ward maybe going to the Hall of Fame someday, it's met with the, no, didn't do enough, wasn't dynamic enough of a receiver. He was just a blocker. Mind you, he wasn't just a blocker. He was instrumental in the Steelers' offense for years and a driving force and a leader on a team that won multiple Super Bowls. Julian Edelman was a passenger. You literally put Chris Hogan, Troy Brown, Dion, whatever his name was, there, there were there were so many nameless faces that you plugged in and out of that Patriot system, and it still worked. He was just another guy. He was just he was just loud and feisty, you know. Gronkowski, Randy Moss, those were Patriot weapons that deserved to be that are going. Well, Moss is a Hall of Famer. Gronk will be a Hall of Famer. There's there's differences there, but when I when you look anybody that looks objectively at, at Edelman's game and and you see what's all there and you're just like oh, okay yeah this is just a small guy he makes some plays here and there he does a good job with that but he's not all that he's a very good player but when you're a hall of famer you're an elite of the elite and maybe Heinz Ward ain't in that category he did have a thousand catches he did have 12,000 yards he did have 85 touchdowns so maybe 
you know, you could say, I think Edelman got one Super Bowl MVP. Heinz Ward got one Super Bowl MVP. But Heinz Ward was also a driving force in that Steelers offense. And he played in Steelers offenses that weren't that offensive. That 2005 team where he was the Super Bowl MVP, Ben was a second-year player that got hot. That wasn't a, a well-oiled machine system that was made for, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Some say the greatest quarterback of all time. And Ben's up there. But when Hines was doing it with him, Ben wasn't on the level that we've come to know him for the past decade. So when people tell me that Hines Ward can't make it, and again, compare their numbers. You look at you you look you look at Edelman. Now he's played significantly less games than Hines Ward so far. He's played um, he's played 134 games compared to Hines Ward's 217. But when you look at their numbers, it's it's you know you see it and it's 614 catches for Edelman, 1,000 for Hines Ward. 6,766 for Edelman in yards, 12,083 for Heinz Ward, 36 touchdowns to 85. And again, these are different eras too. Edelman played in a much more happy era. As, as It's funny, as close as they are in the, like, in the general timelines of when the NFL was, the early to mid-2000s was a different brand of football than right now. And over the past four or five years, especially when Edelman really started to take off. So when I see people say these things, I'm like, okay, well, Heinz Ward did all these different things for you. He he showed, he blocked for you. He, he caught tough passes for you. He ran over people for you. And again, he did it in offensive systems that weren't designed to, you know, from, you know, that weren't, they, they, they weren't elite offenses, but he made them an extra threat. Again, this isn't me saying, hey, get Heinz Ward in the Hall of Fame right now. This is me saying, anytime someone brings up Julian Edelman, I'm just like, okay, Julian, I just, I don't get the argument unless you're a Patriots fan. If you're a Patriots fan, go right ahead. I, that's, that's your thing. Yeah, I, I get it. You're being a fanatic. That's the definition of a fan. But anyone out there who's trying to make the argument is trying to sound, and trying to sound smart with this, just stop right now. I let out such a loud laugh and I tweeted about it. Saying you know when when he dropped that pass into in, into uh, the honey badger's hands and he took it to it took it for a touchdown, just like the fact that anyone could ever consider that guy in the same class as some of the several wide receivers. And and I want people to, I want people to to rem- to be reminded, several of the greatest wide receivers of all time had to wait years to get in. I think Moss had to wait a year or two. Owens had to wait some time. The Terrell Owens is a different case because they just didn't like him. But Chris Carter, my namesake. Well, I mean, not really my namesake. My parents didn't name me after him, but we have the same name. You, you know what I'm saying here. Chris Carter, all he does is catch, catch touchdowns. Maybe the greatest possession receiver the game has ever seen. I think it took him five or six years to get in the hall. Lynn Swan and John Stallworth took them decades to get into the Hall of Fame. These were all legends of the game. Guys that defined the wide receiver position for their era. Julian Edelman defines being another rotational player for the Patriots in the Tom Brady era. That's it. 
and I don't get why people are why, why there were people arguing for him to get in the Hall of Fame. But I hope that 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 the play on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs is another reminder it was stupid in the first place to bring it up, unless you were a fan. Which go ahead, be a fan. But y'all got me started. And this is bit don't get me started here on the on the DK Steelers podcast. Thanks for tuning in, by the way. If you're enjoying the show, please uh, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment. Doing that really helps out the podcast platform. Don't forget, we have the DK Pirates podcast, DK's Daily Shot, Noah's No Doubters, Down Memory Lane, and several other podcast projects we're working on here. We also debuted the H2P podcast, where I talk at the end of the week. Uh, about the about your Pitt Panthers and see about how they did in that given week they lost last week. We'll see how they do this upcoming week after they face Boston College. From Chris Carter and the DK Steelers podcast, talk to you tomorrow.